and thanks for watching or listening to episode 33 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. You can either watch us on YouTube, download us on Spotify, iTunes, and have a listen on the way to work. I'm Steve Lillis. With me, my regular co-host up the road in Oldham, Mr. John Evans, who's showing off a touch of white on his arms where he's been caught in the, in the Oldham sunshine today. Hope you're good, John, and not too sunburnt. I'm good, Steve. It's been tropical, hasn't it, in Oldham this week? Hey, hey I've been here, I've been up this way, was it 30 years? I only got dry yesterday. That's how good it's been. And uh, our special guest this week, a guy who's even more tanned. He doesn't drink, so it's not a boozy face. Um, this is pure the sun in West London. And I don't know, maybe he's been at Brentford's promotion parties. He lives up the road. Former WBO Super Featherweight champion and an absolutely brilliant commentator who we, we hear his dulcet tones on Sky Sports, MTK's channel. Whoever pays him, actually, he's a gun for hire, <laughs> Barry Jones. Hope you're good, Barry. And thanks for coming on, mate, on this uh, bank holiday when we're recording this. That's all right, mate. I've just been, I've been to a beach on, on a river. Figure that Hold out. Hold on. They, they've someone, there's, I'll tell you what, there's, there's been somewhere in London that I reckon is full of Shoreditch beards thinking there's somewhere and you've rocked up and spoiled the occasion. Although your missus and kids <laughs> didn't, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've been, I've been out in the sun all day with the kids, yeah, so I'm uh, <laughs> It's on a pond, it is. It's, a, it's in Farnham. Oh, yeah. So it's a, I think it's called French and Pond. So it's brilliant. So it's just like a, like a pond. So it's like, you know, you've got ducks there and swans. But, it's, but they've also got like a man made beach, which is fantastic. So, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that where we're living, John. Ashton and Oldham, a man made beach. It would be wrecked, wouldn't it, in the day? Yeah. You'd be going around there now. There'll be canisters, <laughs> tins of dark fruits, wouldn't there? There'd be, there'd be splits <laughs> everywhere. I was say, the police would have closed it down within two hours of opening. Yeah, so empty cans of strong brew floating in the Rochdale Canal. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I when I grew up, they would have been they would have, they would have been nicking our sand and take it home. <laughs> I'd have a driveway. I'd have a driveway. Need some sand there for the. Uh, right. All right. Then. Well, we'll get started. You you will get started. Um, round one. Um, are you ready, John? But you know what happens, Barry, with a bell after three minutes. Um, round one. Far away, John. Yeah, well, we've been uh, yapping, haven't we? So let me just get the timer started. Right. Um, Start, round one starts now. Right, well, maybe maybe it's because every, everybody these days got to get their opinion yeah. heard so they come out with extreme views, or maybe it's because the fighters don't fight as often as they should, so everything's magnified. But um, Devin Haney was the latest victim of this um, this weekend, where he advert it, Devin Haney's crime was getting stunned by a world-class fighter in Jorge Linares. So what? But according to the internet, that now means he's he's overrated. He's never going to do anything. He's the worst of these four lightweights. There's no point in him really fighting any of them because he'll just get beat. Um, it seems like fans these days, they want the fighters to take step-ups, but unless they then put in a punch-perfect performance, don't make a mistake, and ideally stop the guy, then... They're overrated completely. Now, you might think Haney um, hasn't got the chin to beat Tank Davis. You might think that Ryan Garcia hasn't got the, the chin to stand up to Tiafimo Lopez. But that's why we have the fights. We fight the fights to find out. I thought Haney against Linares was a good fight. Haney improved. We got to see some flashes of Linares, his brilliance, and we move on. And there's no more to it than that. I, I get fed up of people being written off or hyped up all on the back of the latest performance. 
Do you know what? I said the same thing about um, Buatti in his fight before the, the, the not the last one, prior to that, but he had a the undefeated guy. In. And I said, he looked good, I thought, and people, oh, he didn't look great. But the test is not, well, yeah, but like you said, John, I agree. The test is not there to make you look good. The test is there to test certain parts of your game, which yeah. we haven't seen. Or, or frailties that might be might there because, you, like you said, you have to know it. How many fighters we've seen, especially in the modern years, get to world level without having any tests because you can engineer your way through um, intercontinental routes and WBO European routes or whatever to get to world number one, and then when you get to that level, you're found wanted. And of course you are. It's not your fault because you've never been in a situation where someone can take your power or you can't take their power or. You, you get no box when you've never been a box before. You have to account for these things and you way up. So I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because that's a, a real bugbear of mine. I mean, I, I think it's always been there with fighters. Um, I, you know, I, I go back to things like, um, oh, I'm going back many moves. I remember, you know, the newspapers the next day on the Monday, um, people after that, before the social media, I'm going back to when Buster Drayton beat Mark Kaler. And <laughs> the guy will, you know, yes, you, you know, you're too young to remember both of you, I think, <laughs> when Kayla fought Drake. And Kayla was the golden boy of London yeah, boxing know, in, in yeah. the 80s, you know. He got beat, and you know, I remember uh, next day, you know, going for a drink the next day, oh, that Kayla always knew he couldn't fight. It just stands out, you know, there's an example. I was, I was trying to think of a, a comparison back then, you know, whereas you got to look at who he lost to. Buster Drake ain't a bad fella to lose yeah. to in eight rounds. Oh, ah, oh, well, I want to go back to that one week. Round two over <laughs> to you, Barry. Rematch clauses. I think they're a waste of space. I hate them. I don't think they should be allowed. And I love a rematch as good as more, more than anyone, as much as anyone, I should say, you know, if it's warranted. But these rematch clauses, especially at world level, so you, 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 you're taking a risk. You know, every fight's a risk. But always at a real risk when you're signing up to two fights. So regardless of the result, how well you, how, how badly you get beat, is irrelevant because you you know you're going to fight each other again to maybe make it right. Where's the fear factor in your whole career if that's what happens? And also, you're, you're, you're holding up... It's really to do with Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder deserves his shot. If he signed a contract, then... no, And I'm going to issue with him fighting what, what, what Fury because that's what, what should have happened. But look what it's done now. It's, it's held up a fight that the whole world wanted to see. It's holding up... You know, uh, Uzik's career, possibly, Joe Joyce's, you know, and, and all, the, all the guys, it trickles down, it holds everyone's career because they've signed up to three fights, which is ridiculous, which can drag on to two, three years in this in this modern era of boxing. So for me, rematch clause, it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, it shouldn't I mean, be allowed. You, you look at them and, you know, what first thing I, when you said you were coming at that, the first thing I thought of was the traffic jams that it causes in yeah. whatever division. But I was then thinking of fights where, there's been a rematch because one someone had a, had a clause. And I'm thinking, I wonder where Carl Frampton's career might have gone if he hadn't been forced into that rematch. With that was because of the contract, the rematch against Leo Santa Cruz. And I, I'm beginning to think where careers may have gone through that. You know, but you think, you know, Lopez Lomachenko. There's no rematch. You know, yeah. and, that, that, and, that, that, and that's what it should be. You know, White Povetkin, ridiculous having that rematch because in that rematch, that, that White knocking out you know, an ancient Povetkin in the rematch hasn't furthered White's career anywhere. He could have found another way and furthered his career, I think. The only way he's going to get a shot now is if they dump, they, you know, they all bow Usyk out the way and he makes a voluntary against. But it didn't further his career at all. 
No, I, I think rematches form naturally, don't they? Yeah. Like, but, but even if you look back at some of the famous trilogies we've had, Barrera Morales wasn't an immediate rematch. It was two years down the line, wasn't it? Off the top of my head. Yeah. And then the there was another was one just, after yeah. that. But gem- rivalries and great fights bring rematches. But it just seems like these days, maybe it's stemming back to what I said in the first topic. Maybe it's all this fear of losing and fear of what people say just gets these clauses inserted in the initial contract straight away. Well, it's, it's promoters and managers and and fighters as well. You know, but everyone's involved. And TV companies, they they get a guaranteed next fight. You know, the, the promoter gets a guaranteed you know, you can pro- if that, whatever, especially heavyweight division. You know, no matter how the first fight was, like it's a heavyweight division. So they're pay-per-view stars. You can package it anywhere you want to, and people will tune in to watch it. I understand that. Well, round three. I mean, it's funny. This sort of it's totally different topic to what you brought on, but it it shows. You know, your your topic there, Barry, showed the the wild west that boxing is with these rematch clauses just writing on their laws. Mine's a what's a dope, and it's Jean Pascal once again. You know, a fighter, a heavy. He's absolutely fouled. You know, so much. Does a claim. You know, three, is it three steroid tests he's fouled. Um, claims he had no idea. He sacked his strength and conditioning coach. Bloody, bloody, blah, 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 blah. But Whenever this happens, especially when there's a really serious violation, not someone taking, you know, over-the-counter weight loss stuff. I'm on about a serious violation. I'm like, think I, I think, I start suspecting every fighter. And people say to me, oh, it don't happen. It won't happen in this in Britain. But it will be happening in Britain. And, I, I, you know, I think now, you know, since that, I've been thinking a lot about it since the Pascal news emerged. And I'm thinking... Well, how many, you know, I'm going to look at every fighter who's like in their late 30s who's having a career resurrection and suspect them all. And it's so <laughs> harsh on some of them. And I, I just, every time we get one of these bad doping things, nothing's ever seriously done about it. And I look at like Jarrell Miller. He's, you know, okay, he can't fight till next January or ever, but he's still earning money out of boxing, being in camp with Bogdan Danu ahead of, ahead of Dubois. Boxing has got to come together. You know, it's not going to, but there must be a way of policing this, that these guys, when it says you're banned from boxing, like Danu, you're banned. You can't go in a camp and earn from the money. It's almost like a footballer getting banned for a doping regulation and going to Latvia and coaching or something. The, the problem is there's a rule for the smaller fighters and another rule for the bigger fighters who can afford to sue um, these, these testing companies. And then the companies will pull out because they can't because they can't afford it. They're, they're independent companies. They can't afford to go up against a multi-millionaire sportsman who got enough money to to take with the court to, to burn. So they so they they back up on them. But that's the problem. You, you need a big star who's been caught to be punished properly, not six months or three month ban when he's not even fighting. You know that doesn't help him. No, they don't. They fight every six months anyway. So that six month ban just means he just trains for six months and then announces his fight. Like a month later yeah. on, that's all that happens. So until that happens, it'll continue to go on. And these poor strength and conditioning coaches, they're, they're either vile human beings who, who are co- coercing these innocent boxers who are not paranoid, but no, I, I don't know any boxers not paranoid, yeah. to, take, to just take this and trust me, open up, or they're just being the, literally being blamed for every, every mis, mis, you know, misrepresentation or every mistake that's made, they're getting the blame for it. These guys are scapegoats. They're scapegoats. That's what I'm 
fighting this weekend. I've long said that the women's boxing's done great over the last two years, but the thing that will take it to another level is when the girls start coming along and stopping people in these high-profile fights. You know, we're all entertaining to watch, but you're pretty much guaranteed 10 rounds at, your min at the minute, aren't you? Um, I just wonder if Chantel might be that girl. Chantel was stopping people like Vivian Obernorth and stuff like that a couple of years ago um, when she was Wan Bam Cameron fighting on Channel 5. You know, she's, she's tightened up a bit now. She's a, a little bit more, um, what's the word, a little bit more polished maybe, but she's still really heavy-handed. Um, she was mixing with the podium squad before London 2012. So she's been mixing with world-class fighters for nine years now. She's in with top, top fighters every single day. She's sparring with like Akib Fiaz and Mark Leach. Um, I just wonder if when Chantel gets her opportunity at lightweight, she might be the girl who's heavy-handed enough and aggressive enough to start finishing some of these fights. And the first girl that does that is going to really go on to another level, I think. Yeah, well, the fight for her, obviously, is Katie Taylor. There's so much in that for them. You know, Chantel needs that to, you know, that Ch Chantel wins that will take her into the mainstream. And it's Chantel, she WBC super lightweight. And that's also Katie's chance if she went up to become a two-weight world champion. So I think that's the fight that, 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 that she needs. And imagine if she stopped her. Yeah, and I think, you know, it needs a super fight. It, it, it had one super fight, obviously, with Carissa Shields and um, Christina Hammer. But we did that fight, Stephen. Maybe yeah. if you remember, Steve. And but it was an awful fight. It was really awful. It should have been a cracking fight, and it was just a, a stinker to watch. And it, and it didn't do women's boxing any favors. But you you find it hard to believe that that Chantel Cameron and Katie Taylor couldn't be anything but a great fight. Because because again, because you know, Taylor is you know not as skillful as she was. Let's be honest. She's not not the same fight as she was a few years back. But she's still brilliant. And Chantel Cameron. You can see Jamie Moore actually in the corner telling her to calm down. She's so, like you said, John, she's so aggressively minded. It's almost just get the job done. He's actually having to pull her back a bit to keep your shape, keep holding behind the jab. Don't, you know, don't, he's, he's worrying about her, you know, gassing out. So, yeah, I think I think she might be the one that, that helps to elevate the sport. But it's getting better all the time. The quality is getting better. And that's, the that's the important part. And what it needs now, it, I, I think that early stoppage on Saturday, yeah, it saved the girl, but it denied Chantel that. Clean finish. Yeah, it was awful, wasn't it? The first girl that comes along and starts really finishing girls, it's going to take the sport to another level. Um, I, I just think Chantel might just be the one, you know, she's got fight-ending power and she's got that fight-ending mindset. And I, I think that might just make her stand out a little bit. I still think until then, I do think, you know, as I said before, and they need these rivalries. They need these, you know, the, the, the rivalries were... Oh, anyway... Right. You're going to tell me off. Right, over to you, Barry, your final topic. My favourite topic at the minute is I'm actually in love with the man. I really am. Josh Taylor. Yeah. And, and I think think how you, this is how you bring a world-class amateur on for me. I think he's been managed just impeccably. And you have to give the McGuigans their credit for that. Yeah. I think he's from, from day dot, he's just been managed perfectly. His second fight, he's in a guy, a guy who only lost five out of 20-odd, whatever it was. And the 22 fights. So that was a great fight, a learning fight for him. The guy wasn't great, but the guy goes in with ambition. You know, and that's a big step. That's it. mentally, that's a hard fight for you. And then he has his seven fights against Dave Ryan, who's obviously was, was a four, was a former yeah. Commonwealth champion, a good fight in his own right. Tenth fight against O'Hara Davis, who at the time was the biggest bully in boxing and was knocking everyone out. And the, and the way he beat him was so impressive that he didn't outbox him, which he could have, 
he went right on his chest and beat him up and made him quit. And and then you just think, well, they just they're, they're giving this kid the right test, real like fights where he can come unstuck, dramatically come unstuck, but having the confidence in knowing that he's good enough to push him, and then continue from there. Miguel Vasquez, Victor Postel, and then they went on. You know, the, you know, it just Ryan Martin looks like an easy touch for him now. But yeah. at that time, Ryan Martin was was big news and defeated in twenty odd fights and, and was going to be a big thing. And, and I was there that night in Glasgow. And I was um, working for the broadcasters, and he he was just. It was like Ryan Man just froze. He was, scared, he was scared of Taylor. And you can understand that because you can't outbox him, you can't outfight him, and you can't be as dirty as he is naturally. So I think the way he's been brought on is why he is the most one of the most one of the most top two or three complete fighters in the world of boxing. Com- not the best in, in different in different pockets of what you do. The jab, you might be the better than someone else's jab, or, or, but as a complete fighter, Canelo is the most complete fighter on the planet. Josh Taylor might be the second for me, I think. But that's because the proper apprenticeship he's had, a real world-class apprenticeship that we haven't seen, that we used to go on about, you know, Stephen in the early 90s and the late 80s, in the 80s. You know, his, his apprenticeship would be rivaled to any fighters. I mean, any fighters. That's it. Josh Taylor, I love you. Do you think he's... Um... Arguably, the most one of, apart from Canel, the most difficult to beat because, like you just said, Barry, how do you go about it? You know, yeah. if you try and box him, well, he'll switch that. Well, he's southpaw, he's rangy, he's tall, he can box it. If you want to fight him, he loves a fight. Like Steve said many a time, Josh loves a fight. Mate. He's got a chin, he can punch, he's spiteful. I, I love him. I'll tell you what, I mean, you, you, you said exactly what I was going to say at the start of your. Um speaking there Barry especially you know the Dave Ryan fight I think it was like six or seven you know Dave Ryan that was the only time he was properly stopped he was stopped in his previous fight but it was a back injury you know them sort of things in your sixth fight that's invaluable with Dave Ryan after six fights we've seen prospects fight Dave Ryan 15 16 fights in and and lose that's the sort of stuff that's invaluable oh right round six dud or dynamite I just want to get your guys you guys opinions on which way you think Daniel Dubois' career could go now. Um, I'm sort of in the balance where it can go. What, what I will say, I'm impressed that he's decided to, you know, stay on course for this fight Saturday night, having only had, you know, it must have been a week of proper training with Shane McGuigan before, before you know, tapering down. That that tells me that you know he does want this fight. He does what he does want to win. But I think. That, Daniel Dubois' career can still be saved, but there's only one person can save it. It's not a trainer. It's not a manager. It's not a matchmaker. It's not a promoter. It's only him that can save it by wanting it enough. Yeah, I, I sort of think you're right. I think it's an interesting one because, you know, he's got whatever whatever you think about how, how his, his last fight went about, that when he got beat, he got, whether he quit, whether he was right or wrong to quit. And, and if you use if you use the if you use the the story that he the reason he quit he saved his career then that's a lot of bollocks to me because as much as he might have done that you don't think like that in the ring you cannot think like that in the ring if 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 the pain was too much to bear that's fair enough I got no argument with that we all got our, our own thresholds and it is what it is you know if you can't take it I'm not saying I could you know, but saying if you can't your pain's your pain same with Billy Joe same with Michael stop. You 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 get to your you get to your limit and you and you got to tap out. That's how, that's just how life is. But 
all it's like I, I say my if he's if he's going through the, the, the thing I say my career that's rubbish and if the and same with the people using that he did the sensible thing well don't box if you're going to be that sensible because it's not a sensible sport to be in let's let's be honest about it but that's the cross he's got to bear that's going to be with him for a while how he how he is mentally with that will be when he gets first first big heavy shot he gets hit with or if he starts to gas in a fight that will be interesting again but I think he's still got lots of potential. He's still a good fighter. He wasn't getting battered by Joe Joyce. Let's be honest. Now, I thought Joe Joyce was winning the fight, to be fair, like, you know, by a few rounds, but he was in it. So it depends how he goes about, I think. But I think that he's shown ambition to take a fight against a guy who's on paper, looks decent. But my worry is, though, that he gets some sort of this interim world title, which is absolutely farcical, propels him too far up too quick. Now, if this was not, if this was. 1991, he'd be fighting 16 more you know, people who no one ever seen, you know, and knocking them all over him just to build his confidence back. And I think maybe that that was that is probably needed again uh, for me. But yeah, listen, right. I, I admire him for his for his for his, his moxie to want to go in there and prove the world that that he's that he's got plenty of ball. Yeah, I, I was spent a bit of time with Daniel recently, and he didn't want a step back. He wanted this and he wants to just carry on. But I agree with you, Barry. I, I think he would have been better. I don't know about better, sir, because we've not seen Dinu yet. But maybe first fight with a new trainer after all the messing around he's had for the last six weeks with different trainers. Might have just been wise to either postpone this one for a little bit or switch the opponent and give him someone to knock over. Because not even Daniel knows how he's going to react the first time he takes a right hand on that eye. He, he, I was talking to him about the fight and when he damaged his eye and he said at the same time he was thinking about the pain, he was thinking about the damage he was doing to his eye for the future and he was thinking about losing the fight. He wasn't thinking about protecting himself going forward. He said at some point the pain got too much and I couldn't carry on. That, that's it. That's what he, you were saying. He's, he's, he's not said. thinking about, like if, if he says, anyone says, I was thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, about the future or, or no... I was, I was going to protect my. Uh, is, um, am I going to lose my eyesight? You don't. You just don't because you didn't. You didn't fight. You can't think about it. You just can't. I know what it's like. I, my rib was hanging out my. It might. I don't think it was worse than his. The pain, obviously, it was hanging outside my my cartridge. I I I, I was panicking. I didn't know what was going on. But you don't. But you're so immersed in the pain that you, that it's almost numbing. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's almost a numbing. It hurts and and oh, but you just it's almost numbing. But I also know that when I was on the ropes. I could hear my dad. I was right in my corner, actually. I could hear my dad say, I'm told the toweling, and I never threw any punches back. So I quit. I didn't quit. I got, I got safe on my corner, but I quit because I, and I'm not a quitter. And I, and I got all I got was applause for being how brave I was. But you no, know, but it, I quit. I know I did. I, I had nothing left. I tried, I just, I got up six times. I proved, you know, I, I think I proved in a bottle, I think. But I mean, at that particular point, I had nothing left. I tried my hands. I, I, I had nothing. I was looking for, I was looking for sledgehammers in my pockets. I couldn't find anything to keep him off me. Do you know what I mean? To these two little flimsy fists, I couldn't punch holes in a wet paper bag. I could, I just couldn't do it. And I, and then when I heard that, you know, my, my, my face is a mess. My head's, my head's doubled in size, and you know, my ribs. And I, I, that was it. And I didn't, I didn't go. I've had enough. But I, you know, if there was anything left in me, I would, have, I would rally back. And done something, hold him, throw him on the floor, anything. I was anything, and I, I, I had nothing left to give, and that's what happened to Billy Joe, and that's what happened to Daniel. It's yeah. no, it's quite different, but sort of like that. The, the, the pain was too much. He took the knee. Well, I, 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 was quite, I was quite pleased when he said that because he was dead honest. 
you know, you said yeah. at some point I couldn't carry on. Um, but like I said, you know, who knows what's going to happen? New trainer having the, spent a lot of time with Jimmy Tibbs, leaving Martin Bowers, doing lots of rounds with Chisora. All of a sudden he's with Shane McGuigan, sparring Lawrence, Lawrence O'Coley. I just hope it's not all come around too much at a too high a level because I, I still think there's plenty there for Dubois, plenty yeah. to build on. I just I hope, hope it's not yeah. I hope so. And there was also, I mean, I'm going to say, and there was another trainer he did some work with as well. So there's been a lot of chaos around him. And I just hope that, um, look, I hope he delivers this week because, you know, he was flying iron. You can still see that BT had got the belief in him. I mean, there was even, I mean, I didn't watch it the other night, the Champions League final, but I'm told there was even blurbing yeah. his fight during that, yeah. which tells you that you, you've got a broadcaster still carrying a flag. And you wonder if he'd beaten Joe Joyce, how the landscape would be looking right now for him. It's, you know, I know it's ifs and buts. And if my auntie had balls, he should be my uncle. But just say it got to the end of that fight. It was you, a close you, can't listen. you can't say that anymore because that's actually, you know, physically possible now. Yeah. That your auntie could <laughs> have balls and be an uncle. You know, I mean, it takes a while, and you got to, I think, got to go through a massive process. Right, I, think <laughs> <laughs> I think with that, I mean, that's the one everyone has been listening. They've had a little bit of uh, education off Barry at the end, <laughs> Barry. Um, Barry, thanks for joining us. Hope we can get you on in a, in a couple of months again, two or three months' time. We like to, like to get listen, you on here. Whenever, all... whenever you listen, whenever you want me, boys, you, you know, know that. Every time I see, I do miss those those Saturday nights in the Box Nation studio, and I think you know. Well, the way the wages of the company. The wages. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about. <laughs> the me wages about. and being nervous as hell when Buncey come rolling about five to two usually. <laughs> oh, those are remember that with Buncey. Like this, we all love we love Buncey the bits, and you know, me and you more than most. But he come in and he go, but competition tonight. I'd be like, yeah, right, we're going to do the best jab thrown in the sixth round in the 60s. It'd be, so, it'd, be, it'd be a real obscure thing. And they'll love it. They'll love it, the viewers. And they did. They loved it. But I'm thinking, oh, what can you hold me this like six o'clock in the afternoon? No, we're on one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. We're on air now in like 10 seconds. And I'm like on my iPad and I'm panicking. And, oh, jabs in the sixth round. I don't know. What and it, it, I mean, it would just, it would just be so like, Dramatically, then I'd be sulking. Sat there like this, sulking for ages. But we say it every time we're on here, don't we? Like, yeah, it's the John, best time. John said it last time. John had good times, I think, when he did the show there, didn't you, John? Yeah. I used to love it. Yeah. Even that green room, we don't, we don't know. We, we, we clashed with your show and our show at some point, especially the boxing hour and, and your show, John. We would clash you know, at times. And we, almost every week, wouldn't we? We'd saw you know, like ships passing in the night. And it was just a yeah, just a, a different gear, and yeah. and I think it would have been with the lock with the lockdown. That channel would have thrived. Yeah, it would I have think. done. Yeah, yeah. Especially oh. me, me and you, 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 you talking your stuff and putting me right, Barry. Of course, but you know, as always. I don't think no, that's. I don't think that. I don't remember it quite like that. Yeah, brilliant to see. Like you know what? I'm gonna have to go. I've got about a minute on this now. I think two minutes. I can't see about my readers on. But Barry, <laughs> thanks for coming on, mate. I love it. I don't see enough of you, mate, these days. And it was. No. I was made. I didn't know. I was. I was made up when you was on Sky the other week. I generally was for you. I was absolutely Tune in. chuffed. I, I, I'm doing the Mayweather-Logan fight on the weekend. Oh, oh, quality oh, fight. I'm going to buy fight. it now. I'm going to buy it now. <laughs> oh, Barry, we've got, we've got 20 seconds left. Give it the hard sell for Sky. Go on. How, how would you sell this fight? 
Barry, have a great night at Sky on Saturday. Is it Saturday or Sunday to fight, whenever it is? Yeah, yeah, it's a sun Sunday, Sunday. Have a brilliant night, and I'm made up you're doing that as well, Barry. That, now, that's now a great fight. Tune into Sky, Paul versus Mayweather with Barry Jones. <laughs> you got you got to buy it. And John, you got to buy it as well. I've got a fire stick, Steve. <laughs> I'll see you later, fellas. Good night, boys. Thanks, everyone. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.